everybody. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful new installment of Midwestern Fins. It's your boy, TB Ballard78 on Twitter, joined by my trusty co-host, Matt Hagler. You can find him at, where can we find you, Mr. Matt? At Hagler underscore Matt. Yes, How for the you? greatest for the greatest Twitter takes uh, known to man. So, uh, <laughs> not going to lie, it's good to be back on the airwaves again. I hope that... Um, with our new plans and our new hopes and endeavors for this podcast, you guys will be able to hear our voices a little bit more often than you have in the last few months. I think it's uh, needless to say that life has been hectic for everyone involved. So it's it's good that Haggy and I are able to get out and get back on the game. So welcome back to Midwestern Fins, Haggy. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty great right now. I'm very excited about this. I miss talking with you, bud. Yeah, I miss you too, man. It's really great to hear your voice, and uh, I hope that everybody else enjoys hearing your monotone voice too. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm progressing with my season two goal of trying to fluctuate a little bit. Yeah, it's all good. So it's it's really nice, guys. Everybody, if you're joining us, please uh, just know that we're going to be trying our best to make this next uh, series of Midwestern Fins podcast the best ones that we've ever done. We're going to try to interact better. We're going to try to make a little bit more of a scheduled approach. So first things first, look for our podcast to drop on the third Friday of every month at noon Eastern time. So this should be dropping this uh, Friday, February 19th at noon. Um, hopefully it's a uh, 9.12.05 when you're listening, but it's all good. So just pay attention to the Midwestern Fins Twitter page at Midwestern Fins. And we're going to do our best to make sure that this installment is as enjoyable as possible. So, Haggy, where would you like to start? How should we how should we jump into this new new endeavor for us? I think we should start with our brand new way of your favorite segment. So, because we're switching up our scheduling a little bit, we're no longer calling it our charity of the week. It is now our featured charity. So, and obviously each new episode will have a different featured charity unless we get like another spectacular accomplishment like Taylor Wright's 200, which will probably have it like Alex's Lemonade twice in a row or whatever charity we decide to go with. Um, okay. And then, so for this week, our, or, well, <laughs> old habits die hard. Uh, this episode's featured charity is... Vincent Jackson's charity, uh, Jackson in Action 83, right? Yep, yep, the Jackson in Action 83 Foundation. Um, it's unfortunately something that's come to our attention. Um, we lost Vincent Jackson, obviously, in the in the NFL world. And although we weren't um, Chargers fans or Buccaneers fans, you know, he was a staple to my childhood of watching NFL sports. I feel like Vincent Jackson was regularly a player that I sought after on my fantasy football team, somebody that I wanted on my Madden team, somebody that I looked for in the top 10 plays every week. Um, he just seemed like a really consistent player, and he did a lot of really great things off the field, which is why we want to uh, do what we can in the best of our abilities to honor him and his memory by featuring uh, the Jackson and Action 83 Foundation on the Midwestern Fins featured charity. So um, I guess the best way to find it 
And I think it's a good problem that they have, but their website's can been overloaded lately because of so many donations. But if you just go to jacksonandaction83.org, you can find the charity. And I have a little bit of a something that we can talk about. Um, this this comes straight from NBC Sports, um, the Jackson and Action Foundation, which its main goal is to support the children of military personnel, which is really cool. I think that's something that is near and dear to myself and Haggy too. So it's really cool, mm-hmm. and they're really trying to continue their mission. So they've received numerous requests from people who supported Vincent, wanting to express their sympathies. While there's a hole in their hearts that can never be filled, we take solace knowing that Vincent positively impacts so many lives. His legacy will continue on through the work of Jackson and Action 83 Foundation and their support of military children and families. So I think it's a it's a good start. I think this is a really fantastic charity that we're able to feature on Midwestern Fins. I 100% agree. Um, not only as you guys know, I'm in the military. I was a military child, so it's really cool um, to be able to have charities that support the uh, the various struggles that they might have. Uh, most of them probably resulting from um, parents being shipped overseas and the constant stress of having to move and whatnot. So uh, really awesome that uh, this charity was brought to our attention but it's really awful way that it was, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, it does. So cool. once again, guys, check out jacksonandaction83.org. Um, the biggest thing that we like to share on the Midwestern Fins Feature Charity is just bringing awareness to all the amazing foundations and charities that are throughout the world in the United States that positively impact so many great lives, especially in a time and era where uh, positive thinking and positive thoughts are sometimes hard to come by. So there's always mm-hmm. light. There's always light. And triumph always follows tragedy. So I 100% believe that. So, all right. Well, um, again, that's my favorite, ch- favorite part of our podcast. And we hope that we can continue doing that. And like Hagee said, we're just going to keep. Uh, trying to come up with something new every single time and every single episode that we we get a chance to. So, all right, I think it's time to move on and get into this meat and bones. Um, we are Midwestern Finns, so I do want to just briefly touch a little bit on the Midwest before we get on to what uh, what you guys are probably listening to us for. Aggie, how cold has it been at your house the last couple weeks? It was probably about... 30 degrees for a while and then it was like oh look the high is negative six. <laughs> oh, and now it's like super windy <laughs> and i don't want to drive or walk outside because my face hurts from standing outside for more than a second yes i i uh i like seeing memes on uh midwestern sites or facebook or whatever for my friends that live near me that always ask the question why do i live where the air hurts my face. And I'll tell you, um, we don't know why. The answer is we don't know. We just we just do. Um, this last week, we had a day where the high recorded was negative 17. It seems very backwards to hear that. But um, for all of you Florida people that have, are dealing with freezing temperatures, uh, the people in Texas that might be dealing with snow, 
just know. I think Texas got in the negatives too in some places. Yeah. Just know Which that this we, is, we this is, feel for you. We do. We definitely feel for you. So um, the best advice I can give you is to start your car before you drive it. Uh, I, I think that's that's a pretty standard thing. And if mm-hmm. you don't know, for those of you that don't experience this much cold very often, leave at least one faucet in your house at a drip. It will help your pipes from freezing. I promise yep. it will help. So Yep, there's that. Um and with the when you do start your cars early, make sure you put the defrosters on. Yep. Um that's that's what they're for. Um it'll help you make sure that your car is not only toasty, but also you can like not have to scrape so much like ice and snow off your uh window. And then in addition to that, if you have a gas range, I know that there's been some power outages. A gas range, I would try and bake some cookies or something. And then when you're done with that, you can uh, turn off the oven. You can keep the oven door ajar. It'll kind of help heat your house a little bit. You don't have to leave it all the way open. You can just crack it open at the right. top. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps a lot. That's a That's like a South Dakota tradition. You bake cookies when it's cold, and you leave the oven open when you're done. I like that one. Um, bundle up as much as you can. Again, any blanket, like as many blankets as you can have if you need it. Um, push comes to shove, get a really big pot and start a small campfire. <laughs> uh, just kidding. That's probably just as dangerous um, in its own way. But yeah. So. yeah, again, we feel for you. If you guys have need any other like tips or anything, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We'd we'd love to help you out. Yeah, for some reason we just love talking about the cold. We just we just love it. Well, it and it's not as much as we love it. It's just kind of it just happens. <laughs> it's a way of life. Um, yeah. I will I will mention this, and um, maybe it's not so much I want to talk about it, but I I feel like it's something that's relatable uh, to anybody that has arthritis. I feel for you so much right now. Um, I'm I'm 28 years old, and my knee has been awful the last couple weeks. So I'm hoping that it goes away when it warms up. But it's only six degrees right now, so I don't I don't necessarily see an end in sight. But uh, for those of you that deal with arthritis when it's cold, I, I I feel for you. I definitely do. All right. Hey, you got anything else you want to add to the old uh, Midwest talk? Uh, nope. I think I'm good there, bud. You baking cookies right now, bud? <laughs> uh, maybe later. We'll see. All right. Okay. Uh-oh. Right. Midwestern oh, Internet. The Midwest and everything. Oh. Yeah, it's so cold that uh, Colorado's router just keeps going out. Dang it. All right, Haggy. I think uh, I, I know that you mentioned this before we started recording. Um, we wanted to kind of really focus on these off-season moves that are coming up before the draft. So free agency, potential trades, things like that. Haggy, I'm going to let you take this away and kind of run this part of the show because I feel like you're a little bit more prepared than I am. All right. 
Sounds good. Now, I'm going to address this right off the bat. Yes, we want Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> he is a top five elite quarterback right now at age 25. A quote-unquote unavailable, but you know he's trying to force his way out. There is no re like, I get it. You guys like to, I get it. He didn't have good weapons. I get it. Chan Gailey, like, wasn't calling good plays for him. I get it. But there, we could either wait for him to develop, right, and miss out on what should be the year we try to become contenders, which we, we I know we won 10 games, but we weren't really contenders. Like, when you let 28 points get scored by your division rivals backups when playoffs are on the lines, you're not a contender. You're not, you're a pretender. Deshaun Watson immediately makes you a contender. Immediately. Um, he, he had just as bad, if not worse, weapons and offensive line around him and Bill O'Brien's stuff, and he was the leading passer in the league. That, so you get him here and use whatever resources you have left and get him weapons, we're good. So that's my take on the trade. Or do you agree, disagree? Would you prefer to see Tua or, or? I I saw a tweet and I, I feel like I'm sticking with that. Um if you don't have Patrick Mahomes on your team, you should want Deshaun Watson. Yep. And I feel like that is as correct of a statement. That you could have in the NFL right now. I don't know how much I talked about it on Twitter or with you, Haggy, but I know I mentioned it with my coworkers. I felt like the season that Deshaun Watson had in 2020 was an MVP caliber season. And I'm almost disappointed. Not as disappointed as I am that Xavier Howard didn't get Defensive Player of the Year. But I'm almost disappointed that Deshaun Watson didn't get it. Because of the fact that he carried that team and had such great numbers mm-hmm. with basically nothing. Yeah. So we want to talk about how you know previous MVPs have lifted the elevation of the players that they played with to a next level. I felt like Deshaun Watson did just that. So do I am I okay? If we keep Tua and we build around him. Yes, absolutely. We have to be. We invested a top five draft pick in Tua. I've always said draft position doesn't matter. However, Mm. Tua was a player that I stated from the beginning we needed to hit on in one way or the other. If we're willing to do what the Cardinals did to Josh Rosen to Tua, then we are no better than that franchise. Now, maybe Kyler Murray was a better player than Josh Rosen. It's pretty clear. Josh Rosen's like on a practice squad for the Buccaneers. But Deshaun Watson has been a proven player in the NFL for four years rather than drafting his replacement. We're we're doing the opposite, I feel, of what most... We would be doing the opposite of what most teams do, where they trade away their star player and then draft their replacement. Uh, The prime example that I always think of is Darius Slay for the Lions. Darius Slay was an elite corner for that team. 
So they traded him away to draft a corner that might be elite. In this situation, mm-hmm. we know what we're getting. We know we're getting Deshaun Watson. We know we're getting a guy that wants to leave the team he plays for now. We know a guy that wants to earn the money he's going to be making and wants to make more money because he's young enough. This guy is hungry. It's very clear. So if we were to get him, he's going to come in and he's going to show us exactly what he's made of. And we already know uh, what happened, Haggy. Oh, I lost you there for a minute, but you're good. Sorry. All right. Yeah, the, this Midwestern cold internet, it's uh, its something else. But It is. I would like to quickly interject while we're kind of paused that Josh Rosen actually is on the 49ers. Oh, I thought he was on the roster. roster. Good catch. Yep. Okay. But Fair enough. I'm, I'm keeping my tabs on him. All right. Yeah, I know. Haggy was a big fan. So but I just – am I going to be mad if we don't pursue Deshaun Watson? No. Am I going to be happy if we get him? Yes. Am I going to be upset if we stick with Tua? No. I'm going to be happy with if we stick with Tua? Yes. I mean, I feel like the the situation the Dolphins are in right now is the best possible scenario we could be in. Much better than previous years past where um, we, we weren't sure if, if Tannehill was going to be healthy enough or if we were bringing a player out of retirement to be our quarterback. Or if we were trading for a player that got traded three other times prior to coming to us. Or if we were mm-hmm. signing someone that was coming off a massive injury. I mean, like, it's we're in a situation where it feels, it feels right. And the Dolphins are the only team in the NFL this year that have multiple first-round draft picks, I believe, right now anyway. So, I... I I view us as being able to move forward pretty well. Now, the big question for me is how much does Chris Greer value his first-round draft picks? I agree. And there's something to be said with that and where you could be like, well, you know, the Rams are doing pretty good and they have no first-round picks and I haven't made a first-round pick since Goff. Um, but what I like, I would say I'm also perfectly fine with staying with Tua as long as Watson doesn't go to the Jets, because I feel like we can outbid the Jets, and if he gets there, then I feel like that they don't really have, they don't actually really care about where the future of the franchise is going. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. That's the only place where them in New England are the only places where I would be upset if we didn't get Watson because he got he went there over us. Right, but but other than that, like again, like you said, I'd I'd support Tua. Um, otherwise, yeah. Are there any other uh, big? <laughs> I know that you like you you have your eyes on certain defensive players. So you got any uh, you got any players that you'd want the Dolphins to trade for? Or are you okay with just looking at free agents type of thing? Okay, so I kind of got two courses of action. Right, if we get to Sean Watson, um. We're going to have to use some free agent money, I think, on some support around him, right? It's going to be slightly different than what we do if we're getting free agent money around Tua, right? Um, If we don't get um, Watson, I want one of our first rounds to be 
I want most of our second round to be defensive players. I've put up some mock drafts. I'll, I'll throw some more out for more details. Um, but Shaquille Barrett's coming available. Yannick Ngakwe is coming available. You guys, any of you listeners, know how much I stand that guy. Um, we're, those are just the two right off the top of my head that I'd really want to see. Um, if we're bargain shopping on offense, our two good shots, I think, would be – our three best shots would probably be um, Philip Lindsay, who was – who's been in the year for uh, three – league in, he's been in the league for three years. His first two years, he was a 1,000-yard rusher. His last year, he was injured and had turf toe. That slows you down quite a bit, but he still put up 500 yards. Um, we need a deep threat wide receiver, um, someone to take the top off the defense, and – Chikim Grant's not it because of his size and hands. But John Ross from the Bengals, who has the record for 40-yard dash in the combine, should be available. So I'd take a chance on him, and I think we can get him for a little bit cheaper. And then um, also, I think um, Zay Jones would be a decent person to take a flyer on. He had a little bit of success in Buffalo. He didn't really do much in Oakland. But maybe we can make something work with him and then keep, obviously, Parker and our and our boy, Preston Williams, and um, also keep Lynn Bowden yeah. for a receiving core. And then that, 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 that leaves us with um, Gaskins and Lindsay at running back, which I think would be a pretty decent duo. Um, that would our, I think our tight ends are. I think we have a good group there. I I don't see any need for a change there. Um, again, that's what the wide receiver room would be. I'd be really great with that if we pick up like Chase or Waddle or whatever. That's fine. Um, I'm really not on the board, the hype train of taking um, Harris and Devonta Smith and making it like, oh, it's Alabama Junior over in Miami. I'm I think he needs to step out of his comfort zone a little bit with some of these players. Um, and I think you'd be able to get someone like Trey Sermon, according to mock drafts anyway, in like the third round. And I think he's a pretty good running back. He's the Ohio State one. Or you can get those North Carolina running backs who are also pretty good and a little bit later. You can spend those earlier rounds on, uh, you know, defensive linemen and edge rushers and Michael. <laughs> yeah. Um, one note, I believe that Philip Lindsay's a restricted free agent and it sounded like the Broncos would be putting a second round tender on him. So if that's the case, let's say the, Dol- the Broncos put a second round tender on Philip Lindsay, would you be willing to give up a second round draft pick for him? Yep. I would be incredibly upset if I was a Broncos fan and my team was choosing to use Melvin Gordon over Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon's a pretty good player, and but yeah, I, as someone who lives with a Broncos fan and is best friends with another one, um, yeah, they're 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 fans of Lindsey. Yeah, I think they were also a little bit disappointed that the Broncos didn't end up with Stafford, but you know that's a whole different story. You know, um, I don't know. Obviously, we know nothing in the NFL. We really don't. 
However, if I was Deshaun Watson, I feel like the Denver Broncos would be in an excellent place to go. I, yeah, I, they have I, a great receiving like core. Yeah, I feel like I'm a closet Broncos fan, but I mean, when Cortland Sutton is healthy this year, they're going to have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, a healthy Noah Fant. They just, Hamlin. they are, yeah, KJ Hamler is on their team. They are just absolutely stacked on offense. And I feel like if the Broncos decide to move away from Drew Locke, the next quarterback that comes in is going to be expected to make some really great things happen because that offense needs to not be held back by oh one. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just – I forgot um, if we can get him cheap because, you know, he's getting up there in age. Von Miller's also, like, potentially a free agent. <laughs> you know, I, I know that that would be exciting, but I would be absolutely – okay. I didn't know if we were going to talk about Again, this. Again, on a lower-end contract, but... Yeah. So, J.J. Watt got released. He's looking to go to another team. I expect him to go to either the Packers, because he's going to go home to Wisconsin, or to go to the Steelers to play with his brother. One of those two locations. However, if the Dolphins Brothers, were... Yeah, both of them. If the Dolphins were to sign either J.J. Watt or Von Miller in free agency, I will fucking riot... Because they chose to choose those guys over our boy Cam Wake. And if you guys wouldn't be mad at that, I don't know what to say to you. I will be pissed if the Dolphins decide to give money to either of those guys over Cam Wake. Just just me. I would be upset in that regard, but I'd also be super happy that we're doing something <laughs> to help get this defense on track. Yeah. But that's fair. Um, I don't know how much longer we have to keep talking, but I do want to make one free agency uh, a, a spiel for my number one target. I think last year my number one target was Chris Harris Jr. I thought that he was going to mm-hmm. be able to help the Broncos de- or the Dolphins defense from the Broncos incredibly well, um, especially since that was before we signed Byron Jones. I just felt like it would have worked really well. Now, we've we've seen that they brought in Byron Jones. He did okay. For some reason, we still right. have Nick Needham on our team. We drafted Noah Igbenogany, who is a very young, raw player, who I'm not dropping out on because if you guys remember watching this same team, Xavier Howard struggled exactly the same as Noah did this year. So in in Xavier Howard's first two seasons he was not living up to the hype that he was drafted at and here we are having the best player in the NFL on our team. Um with that being said, yeah. My number one free agency target this year is Allen Robinson. I know that people want to draft a wide receiver. I know that we want to get a wide receiver that's young that we can pair with Tua for a long time. But I feel like the wide receivers that the Dolphins have previously brought in and the wide receivers that we see go to these great teams and go to the play with these quarterbacks that need them. I think Allen Robinson is the guy that the Dolphins have been missing for a long time. Devontae Parker is the guy if he does everything right. Allen Robinson can do some things wrong and still be better than Devontae Parker is, in my opinion. He's the type of guy that's going to be there on third down every single time 
and he's going to make a play. He's got sure hands. He's a smart route runner, and he's always done well. So throw the money at Allen Robinson. If you guys were cool with them throwing money at Mike Wallace, be cool with them throwing money at Allen Robinson. That's my one spiel. No, that's I'm, – I'm with that. I, I actually I mean, forgot I feel, about Aaron Jones, which would have been my – we're spending money, but – I don't I don't know if I'm on board with spending money on Aaron Jones, and I think that's only because I don't know how much I've watched him play. Fair enough. As someone who has seen a decent amount, I think you'd be excited to have him on our team. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have one question. Um, so they, they're talking – the Panthers are talking about how they would be willing to throw everything they have to get Deshaun Watson. That's the that's the report that I've been seeing lately. If you're the Dolphins and the Panthers call you and say, hey, we'll give you Christian McCaffrey for pick number three, are you doing it? For pick number three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would counter with 18 and... A second this year and next. Hmm. I can I I it take me a while. That's a tough one for me because I love me some Christian McCaffrey, but I also don't think the Dolphins really value running backs. So, right, which is why I don't think the Dolphins will be using a draft pick on a running back in the first two rounds. I don't see it. Um, if anything, Chris Greer and company have had good history with drafting running backs in the third round or later. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's where they're at, you know, and we, we went this whole season with uh, miles Gaskin was seventh round draft pick or undrafted or whatever. And Salvan. Sorry. It's probably my hotel room a little bit too. Yeah. The old Vegas internet's not the best. I'm on the first floor. So that's a, Yeah. Yeah. Where are you staying at? I'm on base. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Well, Haggy, I don't know what you heard last, but I was just talking about how the Dolphins were okay with running, you know, with Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed with, you know, their seventh round draft picks or undrafted. Um, Yeah. Matt Matt Breida was a fifth round trade. Which yep. I feel like we underutilized that man to an incredible extent. Um, yeah, we basically Kenyon Drake that dude. It was incredibly frustrating for me just because I am a huge fan of Matt Breida. He's the he's the fastest ball carrier in the NFL two years in a row. And they didn't yeah. put him in situations where he could run in space, and that's just super incredibly frustrating for me. Or gave him the ball at all, honestly. Yeah, there was a few games where he didn't even play, which is dumb. But you know, I, yeah, I but if he's we, a free agent, we can we can let him go flourish somewhere. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah. So, but we yeah, probably I, traded I, number I, three for McCaffrey, and not even half on the field. <laughs> damn. damn, savagery. Well, you know, if you know, you know. Yeah, but. I guess uh, there's a lot that's going to be happening in the next few months. Um, the Dolphins did, however, do something smart. I think this is a good way to end. 
The Dolphins did something today that surprised me, but I'm incredibly happy with it. The Dolphins signed Jason Sanders to a five-year extension worth $22 million. And for those of you that are saying you're overpaying for a kicker, just know that kickers score more points than any player on your team. So if you want points, invest in your damn kicker. So the Dolphins did something great today. Agreed, agreed, agreed. So the fact that we have Jason Sanders for at least five more years, I'm I'm excited to see that dude drill a 60-yard field goal in the next few. He's going to do it. That that yeah. that'll be that'll be an early early hot take from TB. Jason Sanders <laughs> will make a 60-yard field goal in the 2021 season. I like it. I'll root for that too. It's got sound. Yeah. But everybody, um, I think this is a good time for us to wrap it up. If you guys have anything that you would like to add, or if you have any featured charities that you'd like us to talk about, please reach out to us on Midwestern Fins on Twitter. Um, again, our Midwestern Fins featured charity of this week, MWFFC, um, is the Vincent Jackson Foundation. So you could, it's the uh, jacksoninaction83.org. Go check it out. It's Vincent Jackson's foundation where he supports military families and their children. And uh, with that being said, rest in paradise, Miss, Mr. Vincent Jackson. Agreed. All right. We love you guys. Take care. Pins up, baby.